Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It is great to have you here. If everyone at home is joining us, uh, just so good to have you with us today. What an honour of ours and uh, I want you to know that you are, though we don't know you're there, you're there and you're seen and you're known by God. And you know, at the same time, I know that uh, unfortunately is again, uh, we just get back into cold weather and things like that. Uh, a few of us are getting the sniffles and had those moments. And then COVID unfortunately is having round 54 on some people uh, and homes and stuff like that. So many are isolating. Just want you to know uh, we are praying for you. Uh, I want you to know as well that, uh, that you know, it's not something to be shameful of, not something to be like, oh, I can't believe it. Why? Just to know that, hey, we are here to stand alongside you. We are here to be like, you know what? Let's go with this at faith. Let's go with this with a sense of conviction. Come on, to bring about breakthrough and God's gonna have purpose in the middle of every single moment, which is so great. And so why don't we just pray together before we jump straight into the message. Father, we honour You. We honour Your presence, Lord. Father, we thank You so much for the incredible story of Your hand at work in every person's life. I love what Mon said, Lord, what an amazing testimony. But the truth of it is, Lord, success is never in the completion of the journey. Success is the fact that we journey with You. And I thank You, Lord, that the evidence of Your hand on people's lives, God, is it's tangible, it's real. Father, I pray that today You would move in the same way. It'd be tangible, it'd be powerful, and it'd be real. I thank You, Lord, that Your Word always brings life. So have Your way in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. All right, you can grab a seat. It'll be great. Great to have my parents here today. My amazing dad and my amazing mum sitting in the auditorium as well. Uh, just uh, so good to be with them last week. And then so nice to be able to say, hey, see you next week as they uh, flew this way, which is just awesome. And I honour my parents. Didn't text mum on Mother's Day, but mum, you're the best. You're incredible. I love you. Thank you for giving birth to me. You're amazing. Uh, but no, thank you. Thank you for just standing alongside us. Thank you for loving us all the time. Thank you for being incredible cheerleaders of us. And uh, thank you for role modeling what it is to love each other. Uh, it's so rare to see you know, people so deeply in love at, uh, at, a, at the ripe old age of 24, of which you both are. And, uh, but no, but as well, just commit, completely committed to God. And so love you very, very much. And so awesome to have you here, which is great. Um, I am going to jump straight into it because we're starting a new series uh, today called Who Do You Say That I Am? Hey, it's, I, when I say I'm going to jump straight into it, that means I've got about two other things I want to say before we start. But I also wanted to shout out, we had Young Adults Retreat over the last three days and it's just been an amazing moment. I want to honour Pastor Danny and Tales for the way they've led, gathered that environment. I want to honour our young adult, young professionals just for the hunger for God that you all carry and just something special is happening in this hour, uh, which is just awesome. Also want to say thank you to our drummer uh, today, uh, Dr. DiMatteo. Uh, just good to have you here. Uh, actually not from Life, from Life House, but we thought the name like represented each other quite close enough that we could just about borrow. Uh, but no, unfortunately, all our drummers uh, couldn't make this morning. Uh, you have those moments. And so just love the fact, hey, how good is the church? Other churches that's not, no, they, they only play for us. They can't play for you. No, it's all one house. And, uh, and so grateful for you coming today to help us be able to worship together. Really, really honour you. And we honour those as well who just week in, week out are so faithful. You're incredible. Again, Lord, let's start again. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share something that God put so clearly as a statement in my heart uh, 
about 10 days ago and it was the words, help me, help me. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Who we say Jesus is, is very important, right? Because who we determine He is, determines who He is in our life, right? So who we say He is, determines who He is in our lives and what He can be. If I don't declare Him Saviour, He can't be Saviour in my life. If I don't declare Him Lord, then I'll do everything the way I wanna do it rather than submitting myself to His Lordship. If I don't declare Him a healer, then I'm not gonna believe Him for healing in my life. If I don't declare Him a deliverer, then I'm just gonna accept whatever attaches itself to my life and just go, well, that's, it'll be what it'll be. Not many more frustrating statements in the world than that one other than the word vibe. Matthew 16, 13 to 20, when Jesus came to a region called Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, which was a very secular area, which was an area that was given itself over to the ways of the world and the ways of modern teaching and the ways of just what fed self and lived out of the riches and the strength of people's own ability. He said, who do they say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. How amazing is that? That they would actually say he was someone who was from hundreds of years ago that had come back to life to then represent again. Wow, that's a pretty crazy idea right there, right? But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this message was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And this is the amazing thing. He says, then Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, right? And on this rock, on the revelation that you carry that I am the Christ, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. It's amazing, sometimes we want stability in our lives, we want the security in our lives of who we are, and we keep wanting to hear, you tell me who I am, you tell me who I am, you tell me who I am, where Jesus actually said, no, once you get a revelation of who I am, then you're gonna have the clarity of the identity of who you really are. So rather than of us obviously going, well, it's all about me, it's all about me, just make sure I've got, a... no, 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 it's actually like, let's lift our eyes off ourselves. Come on, let's lift our eyes off us and actually look up and just start to discover who Jesus is. Come on, Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is a provider. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is the healer. I love it. He is the helper. Jesus on earth helped people. He was just a straight out good guy. He saw need and he helped. I love that. Do you know it's the same today? Like Jesus literally just wants to help you. He literally wants to get involved in any area that we would welcome Him and help. That's awesome. Oh, that's really good news. He helped. He helped blind people receive sight. He helped dead children come back to life. He helped relatives come back to life. Come on, He helped fill the wine jars back up that had been empty. Come on, your pantry's empty. <laughs> what we do is look at the bank account. Why don't we look up? Like, like what? Mary's mum, his mum, Mary's mum, no, Mary was the mum. Mary knew where to get the help from. Yeah. Jesus, the wine's out, the party's getting slow, the dance floor's emptying. Fill the jars. All who touched were healed, oppressed were set free. He fed the hungry, he restored the dirty, he delivered the downcast, he unlocked purpose in people's lives. And he purified people's past and gave them purpose. I love Jesus. 
I love Jesus. This is a very simple message. But I want love at the same time, and it's so awesome next week. We're going to have Pastor Luke here. Uh, you know, our newly appointed senior pastor of life is going to be here with us next weekend. It's going to be a powerful time. I encourage all of us and all of us in groups and connected to anyone a part of life. Next week, come, be here, uh, be in this moment. But um, I love that one of the things we're focusing on and bringing attention to over the next season of time is actually enabling there to be a moment of response off every message. So rather than trying to pe- preach ourselves to the place where there's no more time, but we have to just run out because the next service is starting, what if we actually shortened the level of content but created moments for actually God to create moments uh, and, and to deal stuff in our hearts? And so off the back of this message, I say that because at the, at the back of what I feel like is my spirit to share, we're going to have moments of worship. We're going to declare there's no other name but the name of Jesus. And I'm actually going to invite all of us to be able to respond as we would like to, to ask God for help right, to ask God for help. And the amazing thing is, is that we have the great hope that He is the healer, that He does save, that He does deliver. He's the comforter, He's the provider, etc., etc., etc. But as Christians, we're not just called to sit secure in the hope and the understanding that He can, but we must step out in faith and declare that He will, right? There's a difference, and I wanna talk to that in a moment. There's a difference between having hope and having faith, Right? And so clearly, I've had this in my heart all week, the words, help me, help me, help me. These are not bad words. These are not weak words. These are actually really securing strong words to have as Christians. Help me. And actually, the Bible says in John 16, 7, in the New King James Version, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I'm going to go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, then I'll send him to you. Basically saying, I'm going to go so I'm not limited in the form of one man, but I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, right? The comforter who's going to reside in every believer and he's going to help you through life. (laughs) Amazing what it says in John 21, 25. And I just feel like it's time to write some books. And I'm not talking about me, even though Rita tells me every someone I've got to write a book. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. It's time to start writing books of the goodness of God. It's time to start writing books of how Jesus is moving. It's time to start writing books of the things that He is doing and He has done. So how do we ask for help? How do we enable God's help to move in our lives? Three very, very simple things. And then we're gonna jump straight into it. How do we get to the place of seeing Him help us? Number one is ask. Right, like very simple. But Jesus made it real. He goes, you know what, guys? John 14, he says, you know, you have not because you ask not, right? It's so amazing. We've got a little son, Ezekiel, who's three and a half going four. And he's awesome. Uh, if you see him out there, you go, oh, that's him. You know him. He's, uh, he's living my love mullet dream through his life, but everything else is clearly me. And, uh, and I love him because he's just, he's, he's at an age where he asks for everything. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, mum. I'm like, I'm dad. It's like, oh yeah, excuse me, dad. Excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad. Excuse me, dad, can you come sit this? Excuse me, dad, can we do this puzzle? Excuse me, dad, can you read this book? Excuse me, dad, can you play with the cars? Excuse me, dad. Excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad. Excuse me. We're at the Formula One. Excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad. Like literally people are sitting next to us and they're like, wow, you know, like just like nonstop. And you're just like, yes, buddy. You answer the question, then literally one second, excuse me, dad. Like. Dad is in everything, right? 
And we, his cars would break down all the time and his batteries would run out. And he got, realized that I would go to the tool and I would get the tool and then I would open up and I'd find the right tool piece to be able to restore what was broken and I would change over and I'd put it in and then I would change the batteries out and we'd get it all going again and he would get it and then he would just ram it off the deck so it would break again and fantastic time. And then he would start coming to me and he'd start going, excuse me, Dad. Excuse me, Dad. And he'd bring whatever it was, even a book. He'd bring a book that was ripped because he ripped it, right? Who knows, most of the stuff we need God to fix is because we stuffed it. And I'm okay with that. I'm just like, don't show mum. And uh, so he hands it to me, even though we need sellotape, he's holding up, excuse me, dad, excuse me, dad. And you just bring about this tool to be able to fix it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, right? Not the selected few. Everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. So the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you? Like seriously, which of you, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? Although that would be quite a funny moment. <laughs> Sorry, that's just, my, my mind went day. Like you get the brown paper bag, you think, oh, nice loaf. And you put your hand in and out comes a snake. Like, um, if you then, though you are evil, right? Though we are self-centered at times, right? know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Excuse me. Excuse me, Dad. Excuse me, Dad. Excuse me, Dad. I don't know what to do in this situation. But your word says that if I ask you, you'll give wisdom. Excuse me, Dad. I'm feeling really weak and fragile at the moment. There's a lot that's going on. But Lord, you say you give hope to the weary. See, we don't hold up a screwdriver, but I do hope we hold up the Word of God because it's the very thing that He wrote. It's the very thing that stands strong. It's the very thing that He says will never fail nor forsake. It's the very thing that He will come back to and say, with my Word, it is written. I will, as my Word says, because He cannot forsake His Word. Come on, how many of us, come on, we're feeling anxious. How many of us go, hey, you didn't promise anxiety. Lord, your Word says you promised peace. Excuse me, Dad. Excuse me, Dad, I don't know how to get through this. Lord, you say you make a way in the wilderness. You know, like, honestly, like, I had this thought. What have we stopped asking for because we've become too accustomed to it? I've just become accustomed to the dysfunction in my family, so I stop asking God to fix it. I've just come accustomed to all the challenges and all the stuff that culture's throwing at us, so I just stopped asking for God to fix it. I've just become accustomed to the reality that it always seems like we've got lack in our family and in lack in my life. So therefore, I've just stopped asking. Come on, we've got to get rid of that whole complacency where we've just become accustomed. Come on, accustomed to sickness, accustomed to challenge, accustomed to brokenness, accustomed to suffering, accustomed to anxiety. Come on, do not look for a diagnosis that places you and keeps you where you are. Come on, go to His Word that starts to speak about life and starts to speak about truth and change and transformation. Yes, we can't do it on our own, but we've got a God who's more than able. In age, as we grow, we gain increased independence, rightfully, right? But in faith, as we grow, we must gain increased dependence. Not independence, 
Maturity and faith doesn't make us more independent. Maturity and faith makes us more dependent. Yeah, the longer we're saved, sometimes the less we ask. No, that's not how it works. Excuse me, Dad. Excuse me, Dad. We, uh, we asked the landlord about any contamination on site before we bought and stepped into the due diligence, which was quite a significant cost to go under. And then all of a sudden we find through the section 33, two documents that actually there was some contamination on site. Excuse me, Dad. Isn't that what I wanted to find? Help me. So you ring the place that emptied the tanks. I need to ring a landline number to get the phone answered by an elderly gentleman who asked, how did you get my number? Oh, I rang a number on an invoice for this company because there's some tanks that apparently were on a site that were contaminated. Uh, he goes, I left that business long time ago. That number was disconnected, but somehow it's rung my personal mobile. Well, do you, do you, I'm just wondering, do you know anything about the situation? He goes, in fact, I was the one that did the job. <laughs> Don't worry, it was just rainwater that was sitting in them. There wasn't any fuel that had leaked anything. And anyway, if you wanna know, these are the environmentalist group that we used for that project. Here's their number. Then you ring them only to find, oh yes, we took the tanks out, but don't worry, we cleared wider than we needed to, replaced it with higher grade soil than we were supposed to. And we've had multiple tests at these levels all recorded so that you can have full confidence that don't worry, there's no contamination on site. Help me, Dad. Help me, Dad. What do we do? I can't see it, but I know that you see all things. I know it's simple, but I pray it just settles something in our spirit. The second thing, this is gonna sound a little odd to some and some people are gonna think, oh, classic. But no, this is something that God put in my spirit to keep reminding us of this year and that is to do not forsake the tithe. Don't forsake the tithe. Right, Malachi 3, 7 to 12 says, ever since there was a time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and you have not kept them. More and more, we're excusing God's decrees and thinking we can get by without having to follow everything. We talked about this at Young Adults Retreat. It's called lowering the bar. How much can we lower the bar and contort ourselves, but somewhat still not feel like we're falling over? That's not how it was meant to be. God called us to walk upright. Raise the bar. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of money. But you ask, how should we return? And he says, will a mere mortal rob God? Would we really think we know better than him and his ways and his precepts? Yet you rob me and you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? He says, in fact, it actually places you under bondage and a curse, the whole nation. Why? Because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and there'll be food in my house. Listen to this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See that I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven. Do you think he's trying to take something from us? He's, watched, he's wanting to release more to us, right? Yet if we've got a small spirit and a small perspective and you're thinking, oh, here we go. You know, buy a blessing, <laughs> money for the miracle. <laughs> no, no. Don't twist it, don't warp it, don't shut off, don't close out now if you're at home. No, no, he actually says, you know, test me, I'll throw open, the, throw open the floodgates of heaven, I'll pour out so much. You know, the provision I wanna bring to you is actually limited or unlocked by what's in your hand currently. If you could just trust me with the first, you can watch me do the rest, right? And then he goes and says, and he says, I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. What we're robbing God of is not an element of resource. He's God, he has all the resource he needs. What we're robbing Him from is being able to move in our life in the way that He wants to move, to be able to show Himself to be the one we can trust with everything. That even though there's, and we're obviously facing a time where increased inflation's happening and uh, interest rates and all that kind of stuff, 
There is nothing in my heart that fears. There's nothing in my heart that gets worried. There's nothing in me that goes, oh no, how am I gonna do it? I'm gonna keep doing what God asks. I'm gonna keep going where He says. I'm gonna keep prioritizing what He says. And you watch the protection and you watch the provision. Your vines that your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. And then all the nations will cause you blessed for you'll be a delightful land. Come on, let's not rob what God is wanting to do in and through our lives. I honestly believe the tithe is so powerful. Why? Because it's about a heart position. There is a pathway to provision and protection and it's through honouring God's principles. All right, don't twist it. Don't make that warped. It's always, we say, out of a place of revelation. But 100% in our hands will actually never be enough. But if my first willingly, because God wants it willingly, He doesn't want it forcingly. If my first is willingly in God's hands, then it releases Him, the God of more than enough. God's ways work. You know in that, still the same thing. Lord, help me. (laughs) Help me do that. Help me get my heart around it. Help me see your truth in it. Help me trust you. But I love God that He says you can test Him in it. And God is faithful to His Word. Number three, last one. And team, why don't you come join me? Number three is we need to pray, right? How do we ask God help? We ask, right? I believe we honour God's principles in every area of our lives. And we pray. Jesus, help! Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Right, have mercy on me. Jesus, my daughter's sick. Please, would you come? Jesus, you're not even gonna notice me, but I'm gonna force my way through to get a touch because there's something in my heart that realises that you've got what I need. Jesus, we've only got five loaves, two fish, help. But what's your little only in God's awesome hands is always enough. James 5, 3, 13 to 16 puts it like this. Anyone of you suffering? (laughs) Most of us in some area, they should pray. Is anyone cheerful? Hopefully all of us in some area, right? It's not about one or the other. There's areas that we celebrate in and there's areas also that we navigate with weight. He should sing praises, right? So there's an and. There's prayer and there's praise. Do never let your suffering stifle your praise. Let your praise remind your suffering of the presence of a Saviour that's in and through all. Is anyone of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. I love that. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Anoint him with oil. So I actually haven't prepared the team. I forgot to do that. But I'd love us. We're going to in a moment invite as we worship. We're going to invite everyone to come up who just would like pray. Say, God, I need help. I need help at the moment. I'm navigating stuff at work. There's some dynamic with some other teammates. It's just like there's tension. You know, the... We'll get to it, but the Bible talks there's power and unity of prayer. There's power and laying in of hands. There's power and agreement, right? Don't, you don't have to just navigate it in your own thoughts, in your own seat. No, stand with a believer. Stand for the ability. And let's lift up the Name of the Lord, right? And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. Not those who are hopeful, but a prayer offered in faith will restore those who are sick. See, hope anchors us but faith advances us. Hope says He can heal. Faith declares He will heal. We need to live hopeful, but we must also live faithful. Hope, I believe, 
is the extended arm that postures us and positions us to the possibilities of what God can do. But faith is the hand that then grabs hold of and receives it. Hope puts us in the posture, puts us in the proximity of what God can do because we're hopeful that He can. We're hopeful that He's done enough. We're hopeful, but it's faith that grabs hold of it. We need to have moments of faith where we grab hold of it. Sometimes we're too scared to touch it and grab hold of it because what if it doesn't happen how I want it to happen? What if it doesn't work out how I want it to work? So I'd rather I'd just stay hopeful rather than actually staying faithful and trying to grab hold of it and say, God, this is what you've promised. This is what you've destined. This is what you've declared. This is what your inheritance is for our life. I love that. And the Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he'll be forgiven. Don't you love that? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Before the service is out, for those at home and those in the room, we're gonna pray that anybody here that feels like there's sin in your life, that through an honest prayer and an open heart, that you'd be able to receive Jesus into your life. And Jesus is the forgiver of sins. He washes the past away, gives us a brand new beginning. He removes us out of a lost eternity and puts us in the security that we are found in Him, residing in Him, and will live forever in His presence from this life and the next. But we all know if there's a weight of separation in God, no one needs to ask us a 10-point questionnaire. You just know because you were created to live with God, but sin separates. So let's deal with the sin so you can live united with your Saviour and know that He leads you daily. The prayer of the righteous man has great power. The prayer of the righteous woman has great power to prevail. The Bible says signs and wonders will follow them. Why don't we stand at our feet and We're just going to take a moment to worship and to really posture our hearts. But right now, I'm going to set up an invitation for all of us. Literally, this place could be filled with every single person. Just saying, hey, I'd love someone to stand with me and unite faith for this area. I'd love, I'd love to believe, you know, what, what's been in my parents and in my, seen in my other siblings. I just don't want that in my life. I want to believe that... that something of my generation is going to bring about a change and a vision that we don't have to remain in what has always been, but there's a greater level of what God has for us. But the enemy right now would say, don't bother them. Listen, the enemy right now is saying, no, 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 don't, don't bother them. There's other more important people that need prayer. No, 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 no. You are just as significant, as important, and your situation moves the heart of God as much as anybody else. Oh, no, no, they have enough issues of their own. They don't need another thing to be weighed down by. The area of your worry, the area of your concern is not a worry to somebody else. It's an area that God says, yeah, I want you to boast in it so then I can move in power and I can show myself true in your weakness. It does not put God off. It actually draws God in. Oh, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it sort itself out. Why let something sort itself out when God says only in the moment, in a touch, in a moment of faith, through the laying of hands, we can see God do a miracle. The enemy will say, but well, what will my husband think if I was to go to the front? What would my wife think? What would they think? I think they would say, wow, so good. <laughs> go, because there's only stuff that God can give you. <laughs> we need the security of a marriage. We need all of that. We need that standing together, but there's only some things God can bring. Here, I don't even call myself a Christian. I'm watching online. I don't even call myself a Christian. Why would God be interested in me? Because you're His. Whether you believe it or not, He loves you so much. 
There was many, 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 many people in the Bible where God did miracles in their life and they had no faith in Jesus as the Son of God. But your miracle could be the gateway for you experiencing just how good and how great and amazing His love and His grace is. But He's never gonna force you to respond. You need to respond. So even at, if you're online, I believe there's an opportunity. You can click a button and actually get prayer or you could write a comment or you can go on our website right now and say, hey, I'd like prayer for an area of need. Then you can do that. But in the room, we've got the opportunity to respond practically, right? So I wanna say, hey, it's gonna take a step of faith. It's not just knowing God can, but there's a step of faith right now required. This is what these moments are about, setting up moments where we can respond. So you know what's in your heart, big or small. You know what's in your life. You know what might be in the situation of somebody else that you're carrying personally. Stand on behalf of somebody else. I love the Bible. You know what the Bible pointed out? Great faith. Great faith was when people came not for themselves, but came on behalf of somebody else. But I think we should all be in a place where we look up again and say, God, I need help. God, I need help. So as we sing and as we worship, we're just gonna open the altar and people just come up and then the team will walk around and just stand with you and say, hey, how can I pray for you? I, might just, I just need comfort right now. Oh man, I got a bad knee. <laughs> I need a miracle right now. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm in debt. I don't know what to do. Pray. Ask. Believe God. He is for you. So God, we thank You. You are Jesus, the healer. You are Jesus, Emmanuel. You are Jesus, the one who is with us. You are the one who God conquered the grave. By Your stripes, we are healed. Lord, everything that has needed to be accessed, Lord God, everything that has needed to pave away has already been made away. God, we just declare right now, we wanna step in from the place where we go out of just knowing in the natural, but God, we believe for a supernatural move of God in this moment. We believe for a supernatural transaction. Father, we believe, Lord, that there is gonna be moments where literally we're gonna go from prayer, prayer requests today, Lord, to declaring absolute praise requests by tonight. Father, we believe there's gonna be turnaround. Lord, that which the doctor said can be done, will be done in Jesus' Name. That's which said, oh, that's gonna take this amount of time. No, no, we declare rapid moments, miracles, Lord God, signs and wonders will follow those who believe. So Father, we just declare there's no other name. Amazing Jesus, precious Jesus, all loving Jesus, all able Jesus. You know, the Bible says so clearly in Romans says there's no other name to which we can be saved. There's no other name. We'll look for peace in so many places, but if it's not Jesus, it won't last. We'll look for joy and security in so many places. You can have the longest contract, you could have the most successful business, you could have the most stable marriage. But if it's not first and foremost Jesus, then the truth is situations, circumstances can change as we know overnight and all of a sudden things become shaken. But in Jesus, we have an unshakable Saviour. In Jesus, we have a, the one who doesn't go out and say, now this is what you need to go and do to ensure that you are saved. No, He says, I've done everything that's needed. What you need to do is to turn, literally turn from our ways, look up and say, God, help me. Jesus, help me. Cleanse me of my sin. Wipe away my past. Save me. The sinner's prayer, the salvation prayer is the most encouraging, most life-giving, most 
joy releasing prayer. It is not a heavy weighted thing. This is where all of heaven celebrates because this is the thing that changes lives forever. And if you're here and you just, you say, Craig, I don't know Jesus or I know I'm away from Jesus. There's sin in my life. There's sin in my heart. It's separating me. I don't have the peace of heaven in my life. I wanna encourage you. I'm gonna pray a prayer and I would want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's your prayer. It's a prayer of invitation. He's not gonna force his way into your life but He is asking you, come on, I'm here on the door knocking. I'm believing that you're gonna respond. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of breakthrough. Today is the day of healing. That today is the day where eternity changes in your heart. Today is the day where death is defeated and life is given. But you've gotta respond from your heart. For those at home, I'm looking at you because I know that God loves you, desires a relationship with you and wants to walk in a way that only you will know that He is who He says He is, He is real but you've got to open your heart. So I'm gonna pray this prayer and I'm gonna invite everybody here to pray this with me at the salvation prayer, where we go from sinners to saints, <laughs> that in a moment we were once in death, but now we are alive. We were once blind, but now we see. This is the salvation prayer. Come on, if you know that you're away from God, you wanna get right with Him this morning, or if you once New one, but you know that you're disconnected and today's the time to come home. Then let's all pray this prayer. Pray it with your heart. Everybody, let's join this together. Say, Dear Jesus, today I open my heart to You because I know I am a sinner and I need a Saviour. So I believe that Jesus is enough, that He paid the price in His death and resurrection. I receive life. Eternity in heaven is my home. I am born again, set apart, made free. I thank You that Your grace and Your love is enough. Today I declare I am following You. The old is gone, the new has come. In Jesus' Name, Amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.